0: Welcome to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nickel. And today on the show, we're talking about how to self-review your property portfolio. Yep, reviewing your property portfolio. Very important that you do this every single year. But let me ask you this. When was the last time you actually sat down and reviewed what you own and figured out what you needed to do next? Now look, for some of you, it would have been not that long ago, but for most of you, I'm picking that it was probably a wee while ago if you've ever done it at all. Now look, today we're going to give you the things you need to look for every single year when you review your portfolio at home. Now, this is particularly important, especially with the new interest deductibility rules and rising interest rates, because maybe you need to make a couple of changes. Andrew, kick
1: it off for us. What is step number one? Well, step number one, and probably one of the most important things to check, I think, in my mind, is the cash flow forecast. So you need to actually look at what the next one to five years of cash flow looks like, and maybe go as far as 15 using, say, the Opus Return on Investment Calculator, And some investors just look at the rental income less the mortgage costs. But you need to be taking into account all potential costs and especially the interest deductibility rules now. So when I say all potential costs, I'm talking about vacancy. So we budget for two weeks a year, more if it's furnished or multi-income. Factor in interest rate changes. Now, again, if you download the latest Return on Investment Calculator, it has our defaults in there and you can change those if you want to be more conservative or more optimistic. Your fixed costs, so your rates, insurance, property management, letting fee. Letting fees, when I've got a large portfolio, I allow for every 18 months rather than every year. And of course, your accountant, Allow for maintenance, and it's important to budget for this, especially allowing for larger bills with older properties. So you're not hit with some major deferred maintenance bills in the future. And of course, tax to be paid. And we'll dig into more about this in interest deductibility. And you're going to get a bottom line figure. And there are three options you're either cash flow positive, so you're making money after costs and tax, you're cash flow neutral, so your bills are paying for everything, including your tax, and you make no money, or you're cash flow negative. Which means you're going to top up your properties. Now, there's nothing wrong with a property portfolio being negatively geared if you're earning a high income and you're building your wealth, particularly when you first buy it. But you do need to be looking at the medium to long term to make sure that it's a manageable contribution. You don't want to be again finding out in a few years time when the market's a bit soft that you're having to sell something to improve your cash flow. And then consider whether or not you're going to make the contribution from your personal income, or do you need to add on a higher yielding property to create what we call a wealth wheel, or whether or not you use a revolving credit facility to smooth out your contributions in those higher rate environments that we're expecting next year. And if you're using the Opus ROI calculator, one thing to remember is put in your value and your purchase price as today's value and purchase price if you are purchasing it, because that will give you a fair cash flow and a return on investment. And then of course what you wanna do is under cash deposit, Put your equity in there, and then you'll get the correct mortgage amount. That's to get the most accurate set of numbers. And look, right now, I think it's really important that you're
0: looking at the impact of interest deductibility. Now, look, we've talked a lot about this over time, but it has such a major effect to property investors' cash flow. So even if you're chugging along or have been chugging along quite nicely for the last five years, really important that you run those numbers today. Now, the challenge for a lot of investors is that once you run those numbers, you might actually have the cash flow to pay that tax liability as it falls through. So look, here's what I want you to do to manage this. It's really important to know what tax you're going to be paying either through your accountant or by using that return on investment spreadsheet or a different spreadsheet if you've made your own or bought one off somebody else. Of course, our one is free. And of course, the other thing you can look to do is manage the cash flow with potentially increasing the rent. But I'll talk to you in a second. Now, Andrew, talk to us about step number two of the six steps when you are self-reviewing your portfolio each year.
1: That's the banking side of things. So, things like interest rates. So, review these as they come up and try to stagger your expiry terms because you want to make sure that you don't have everything coming off at the same time. You want to make sure that your interest only terms are expiring in line with fixed term interest rate renewals. And the reason for this is I've seen people in the past where they might get five years interest only, they fix their rate for three years, that renews, they fix for another three years. And then what happens is the bank won't necessarily renew their interest only. But they've got to break their loan and potentially pay break fees if they want to move to another bank. And then, one of the major ones when you're reviewing your portfolio is look if split banking is an option. So, say you cross secured your properties and borrowed 100% with your bank to buy an investment property. Now, you should review this to see if you can refinance your investment or investments to a new bank at the rate renewal, of course, under the dollar for dollar refinance exemption. Now, this will help you move maybe up to 100% of the loan that you've got if you've had a value increase, and it frees up usable equity and provides additional protection for your other assets that you keep with your bank, for example, your home. Look, the next thing you need to
0: look at is your market rent, especially after you've looked at your cash flow. And one thing that we're all guilty of, gosh, I hate to admit it, I'm guilty of this too, It's keeping our rents artificially low
1: and taking it on the chin as property investors. Well, I think people always make the mistake of looking at their numbers based on what they paid for the property and what the mortgage is now, and they go, well, the rent's covering all the costs. Why would I increase it? Well, the issue with that is sometimes
0: that's going to limit your portfolio. So let's say you've owned a property for a while, and if you had increased the rent, or you do increase the rent up to the market rate, that would make that property cash flow positive. I'm using that as an example. Well, that could help fund the negative cash flow of a property that you buy today. So what do you do? Look, really important that you follow the right rent system. And We've talked about this a bit on the show and it's a big part of our upcoming book, Wealth Plan. And this is where you follow the exact same process that a valuer does when they try and put a value on your home. Now you've got to take those principles and apply it to the rent. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to create what I call a structured table. Now this is where you go into Trade Me And you look at other properties that are similar to yours that are being advertised. So similar area, same number of bedrooms, as close to same number of bathrooms as possible and similar floor area if you can get it. But you want to be looking through those photos and looking at those details and putting them all into your little Word document. I always use a Word document, I don't bother using a spreadsheet for this. What? The queen of spreadsheets doesn't use a spreadsheet? Not for this. I like to use a Word document so I can save it down, all those kinds of things. You can't save an Excel spreadsheet? Well, I can print it, print it off really nicely. You can't print an like Excel this. spreadsheet? Well, you can, but I like it to be nice. I use a Word document. <laughs> That's what I use. Don't <laughs> gaslight me. And, <laughs> and what you need to do is you need to put down the red are advertising and you need to say, is that property superior, inferior? mildly superior mildly inferior or about the same and you need to do that at least five or six times with different properties similar properties because then what do you do hey look if you've got some properties that are inferior you charge more rent than that if you've got some properties that are superior you charge less rent for that but it will quite quickly give you a band of about say 20 or thirty dollars that you can price your property within that's the evidence you use to A, justify a rent increase to yourself, but also justify that rent increase to your tenants as well. And I'd also flick that off to the property manager. That's the way you price your property. You need to do it every year. Andrew, what is step number four out of
1: six when you're reviewing your portfolio? Your accounting. So check that your tax return is actually accurate. And so what I mean by this is actually go through what your accountant's provided you and make sure the following's included. Make sure the interest on all loans are included if split bank. So that's a big trick that I've seen a lot of people miss. So they tell their accountant, oh, my mortgage is with Westpac, forgetting to say, okay, well, I've got the deposit of 20% with B and Z makes a huge difference to the profit and loss. Make sure your standard operating costs that we covered before are included. Make sure depreciation is included. Make sure that your home office expenses are included, travel expenses, if applicable. And another one that I hear a lot of the time is membership expenses. So if you belong to the Property Investors Association, make sure you're including those. Now, every few years, I'd also have a conversation with my accountant around my ownership entity, making sure it's still the most efficient for what I'm wanting to achieve. But of course, be conscious of triggering or resetting the bright line by shifting things around. You have to make sure you don't make this decision alone. You have the chat with the accountant. Now,
0: step number five is to think about deferred maintenance. Now, this is the sort of stuff that if not fixed, it's gonna pile up and it's gonna, over the years, gosh, it's just gonna add a big old maintenance bill and you'll have to do a whole heap of work at once. So think about, have any of your properties got big maintenance bills coming down the line in the foreseeable future? Things like roofs, hot water cylinders, maybe some flooring, I don't know, whatever it happens to be. But have you budgeted for these repairs? Now, if not, you need a plan to either save the funds or to borrow them, maybe by setting up like a revolving credit. And are there any cheap fixes that you could potentially work through in order to bring those properties back up to scratch? So I'll give you an example. Heather Black, who was one of the property investors who spoke at the conference down in Palmerston North, talked about how to prolong the life of her roof by a couple of years. She used a specific Gorilla product, which I think was kind of fibreglass sort of material. But what it did was it just prolonged the life of that roof for an extra couple of years so she wouldn't need to spend, say, $20,000 replacing that roof. But if
1: you left that and thought, well, I'll do the roof in a few years' time, you'll end up with moisture issues and then that's a real Big problem. You
0: might have a a complimentary water feature in your lounge. (laughs) Now, what is the sixth and final factor people need to walk through, or step they need to walk through when reviewing their property portfolio, Andrew?
1: I think you need to review the opportunity cost. And this is a big mistake that investors make. They look at something and say, hey, this is a great rental because I bought it so well. 20 years ago, yeah but is it the right property now to take you to where you wanna be? And old properties are very different under the new tax laws than they used to be and you really need to ask yourself, would I buy this property as an investment today at the current value? And that's why I think the return on investment calculator that we make available at the website is a great tool to use because you put in the current value and the purchase price as today's value and then today's purchase price if you're buying it. If the numbers don't work, then it might be the right Time to sell that property and replace it. Now, when you're thinking about, well, what does that look like? Assume that you get 95% of the sale proceeds, allowing for 5% for sales costs. And then, of course, you'd redistribute that money into other investments. But one thing you do want to be careful about make sure that if you are looking at doing this, that you don't just go sell off your rental property and then go to the bank and find out, well, you can't borrow any money to buy a new one anyway, because some of the rules have changed. So you want to have a conversation with your broker early on about this. Also think about using the cash from a sale of an investment property to pay down your personal mortgage and then leverage against that to expand your portfolio. It will make the cash flow look worse on the investment side, but better on the personal side. And that's obviously a better overall financial position to be in. And we did an excellent podcast episode, episode
0: 930, where we walked through when you should sell an investment property. And we shared the three tests that you must walk through before you sell. Now, one of them, of course, is would you buy it today at the current value minus whatever the real estate agent fees are. But there are two other tests that are really important. So if you need a refresher and you're thinking about selling investment property, 930 is the one you want to go and look for. Now, Andrew, how often are you reviewing your portfolio
1: and making changes? All the time. Normally when properties get frustrating for me, I look at whether or not I should sell it. So if I get hit with large maintenance bills, that's normally enough to put me off. So any of the old properties I had that were earthquake damaged, I've had a big cleanse of those to try and replace with newer properties. And I think the biggest thing for me, like everyone that's been an investor for a while, is the interest deductibility rules, how that's going to impact. So I'm constantly changing. But at least once a year, I would recommend sitting down and doing this project either yourself or with a professional.
0: Now, Andrew, before we hit record, I told you well, I was going to give you a surprise at the end of this oh, yeah? episode. And the surprise is we're about to try a new format for the podcast, which you don't know about yet. What do you mean? And neither do the podcast listeners. So podcast listeners, I need your help. We are going to start our very own version of Talkback Radio. That's right. We're going to test out doing... Talk Back Radio. Now, here's how this is going to work. If you want to get your question answered live, then we're going to call you. You'll ask it on the podcast, and we're going to answer it. We're going to have a live chit-chat. We're going to have a live chit-chat. Now, here's the way we're going to do this. I'm going to link down in the show notes a wee form that you just pop your question into, your phone number, and then we'll call you. We always record on a Monday afternoon, so we'll just... Make sure that yes, you're actually available at that time. And we're gonna collect some of your questions and we're gonna call you. Answer them live and then everybody can hear. I think it's gonna be a great format. Hopefully it works, hopefully you will enjoy it, but we'll run it as a bit of a test. So here's what I want you to do. Tap or swipe over the cover art, there'll be a link in there and you'll be able to pop your question in. And if you're listening on a platform like Spotify that doesn't have show notes, just send us a, a message on Instagram, we'll send you the link, it'll be that easy. And if it goes well, we'll keep doing it. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. I you think it was funny how quick cool it was.
1: was very quick.
0: Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight, And I'm Andrew Nichol. <laughs> We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, texts and insights to help you get the most out of the market. Until next time.